Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 81. We got the Prater brothers on, the two four-letter B brothers, um, Brad and Bart. I'm going to mix your names up the entire night, uh, even though we've already talked to Brad. Um, uh, Brad, a lot of you guys probably know, is Porkchop XJ. He's got a Cherokee on 42s or something like that. It's a cool, cool rig. We haven't talked about Bart's rig, though, and I believe... It's a ZJ, and you just finished some motor work on it, right? You just swapped the motor? Uh, for the fourth time. Oh, okay. So not For the first fourth time? time? Uh, so, yeah, there's a couple things we want to cover from uh, Bart's rig to some interesting happenings at the meet and beat, and then uh, I guess we'll see where it goes from there. But I think we want to hit on Bart's rig first. So I guess how do you want to introduce us to your 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 rig what is it what's it got going on with it how why four motors are you do you just swap in junkyard motors like luke or are you doing like built motors and they're just not holding up or what maybe he's just bad at driving well um it never really i, I guess we'll even start with it's a 96 grand cherokee it, was, it started life as a four liter um i did swap a five nine into it I, that was run for quite some time. And then Bradley started the whole LS stuff. It's it's just like me and Bradley stay in competition. It's one up each other. Anyway, so I decided to do the 5.3 swap. And the first engine was a, uh, I got a donor vehicle. It came with the Holly system, 5.3. It's had a stage three uh, right to the racing camp or truck cam in it. So I put that one in. And before the Holly system was even tuned on it, it spun rod bearings. So I, I sourced another engine, put the cam in it, swapped the heads over, put it in, tuned the Holly system, and it made it to the trails. It ran a day and a half, and it spun rod bearings. So that went to engine number three, which I completely rebuilt, all new bearings and everything with a different cam. And I went to a standalone harness and a factory ECM. It made it to the trail and lasted two days and lost oil pressure. And so that gets us to the point of getting ready for the meet and beat, which is when I went, I met Bradley. He found me a lemon block five, three got it, put it in factory camshaft, factory engine, put it in factory tune and that's where we went to the meet and beat with just a stock 5.3. And you didn't wipe out the cam or anything yet? Bearings no, good? no, this, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, as I guess you didn't we're do anything now, to it. L, okay. Right. Yeah. So I guess now we're calling it the LS magic. I didn't let the LS magic out. We didn't touch <laughs> yeah. yeah. As soon as you start pulling and replacing bearings, and that is quote unquote letting the magic out of it, you have to leave everything. 300,000 mile plus you have to leave it exactly the way it is the way it's found it's happy like if you that. do anything yeah it's that's the way it's happy i mean gm put this thing together you know 20 years ago uh you just if you want to put a cam in it go ahead slide your cam out slide a new one in don't look at the cam bearings just run it don't do nothing and that's what he did except for swapping the cam he didn't swap the cam but he didn't let no, the magic out a, and it worked yep it's a stock 53 <laughs> and when I fired it up, it had like 50 pounds of oil pressure and at operating temp, it was like 25 to 30. So 
uh, that was the engine that made it to the meet and beat. And even though there's a, I don't know if I got a loose bolt or something, there was a rattle on it by the end of the meet and beat. We we're pretty rough on the thing, but yeah, that's how it goes. So, yeah, whenever whenever it's sitting in the middle of the trail, just sitting there idling, it sounds like someone parked their work truck out there somewhere. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, no, no catalytic converters. Just a what is a Flowmaster Super Forty, and uh, it's definitely just yeah. It sounds like a work truck, like a little bit of a stumble, like it's not quite doing what it's supposed to, and ticking away. Yeah. I mean, it, it, <laughs> sounds, it sounds like the redneck uh, that uh, cut off his cats and put a Flowmaster on it on okay. his on his stuff. <laughs> Jeez. So what else is done to it? I know you know, it's a 96 ZJ, but it's, I mean, I guess, uh, what do you got for suspension? I know it's basically not a ZJ anymore. It looks like it's mostly tube. Like, no, it's it, the only thing, the only thing left on the ZJ is, is basically the actual body itself. Uh, it's tube doors. Uh, I did a, I did the cage myself with a, a buddy's tube bender. Um, after D white rear ended me at RBD, uh, the rear gate came off and I did more tube work on the back, but it is uh, ORI's front and rear, uh, Oh five sixty front 14 bolt rear. And I am on uh, 43 Mickey stickies. Hell yeah. And I'm, I'll, I'm running uh turbo 400 trans with manual reverse manual valve body. Uh, I don't even know what stall converter I have in it now at this point, because so much of stuff's changed. Mm. So why is ZJ? I mean, every um, like it seems like a lot of people down down there go with the Cherokee. If you're going with like a, uh, I don't know, I'd say cheaper than like a TJ or JK or something. Like why why the ZJ? Well, that's that's a good question. Um, so I actually yeah. had a Wrangler uh, back uh, years ago, and I actually I went through a divorce and sold the Wrangler, and. Uh, Bradley got back into Jeeps. I didn't have one, so I was like, well, I got to get back in this. And so uh, we started looking. Bradley found this ZJ bone stock somewhere in, I guess, middle Tennessee. I just got a picture of it. Bone oh, stock. It. <laughs> and he got it for, what was it, like 300 bucks or something? Three, $300. $300. It had a noise in the engine. It had a four liter in it. And it ran and uh he when it, whenever he brought it to me uh i pulled the head off and, and pulled a piston out it had a broke piston skirt for one one cylinder and uh i got a piston put it in it put the head back on got it running with no noise and i was like cool i drove which rough country is right down the road from me that next like week i drove to rough country picked up the cheapest three and a half inch lift they had Came back home, put on it, and put some two-inch spucks on it. So I was running like five and a half inches of lift on this thing with stock Dana 30 and 35 axles, open carriers. <laughs> and I think it was like the next weekend, we go out to AOP, and that Jeep just went everywhere. So basically, the ZJ came because it was cheap. It was a Jeep, and it got me back Jeeping again and riding. So... It was never intentionally, hey, man, I want to find a ZJ or something. It was like, this is cheap, man. And, you know, I was broke. Just let's get something and go wheeling. That's a good answer. Yeah, the original ad for it, because I have the original ad, it shows that the dude was asking $500 for it. And 
offered him three, took it. I mean, the thing was, it, it was surprisingly clean for what it was. Uh, I had a little bit of uh, uh, clear coat going on it, but I mean, it was a clean, clean rig. And then he completely just started to destroy it immediately. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's already had, before yeah. I put tube doors on it, I went through two sets of doors on it. Um, cause you know, when those doors, they don't hold up to crap off road. That's, I mean, the Jeep works until I went to LS. <laughs> yeah. That seems to be the, uh, I hate to say it, but I don't know. You're not the first one who's had multiple, uh, pretty obnoxious engine failures right in a row. And then yeah. you know Nick LeBlanc just put the motor in his had issues with his right I don't know oh that dude though I don't know I don't know how many people know this and I don't know how open he's been with everybody he had the limiter set at like sixty nine hundred RPM <laughs> oh. <laughs> he said he said he put a sloppy stage two cam in it and he says it was still making power at sixty nine hundred and I thought that was too much so we just left it there and I was like dude. That was too much. That is a lot. <laughs> what are you talking about? That sounds like the perfect RPM to just leave it at. Uh, yeah, and I, that thing's <laughs> a six liter, I think, too. So they don't really like to rev like that. And yeah, so that was probably it. I think whenever I talked to him, I think he, that, that was his thought process as far as what. Uh, I mean, okay. I could maybe ask him, but that was his thought process on probably why it went. But who knows? Yeah, I'm sure we'll so, pick his brain at some point in, while we're here. What's the Prater approved rev limiter for a six zero or five three or a four eight or whatever? Then uh, I think my I think my two step is set at sixty five. It was set at sixty seven at one point, and yeah, weren't you the one had, that we were talking about with the you have the four eight with the Hornet something rings? Oh, not uh, rings, springs. Don't you have no? Now, who's no, mine's, mine's who's just that? a five three. It's got a cam and and it does have a set of springs in it, but it was set at sixty seven hundred there for a while, and I glowed the headers on it several times, <laughs> and uh, and haven't had an issue. I have some lifters that are going down. You'll hear them anytime I start it up from when it's cold, but other than that, I've had no problems out of my engine. It, it can be at operating temp, and you shut it off for five seconds, and you restart it. Yeah, there's noise. Yeah, that's all my to do list. I need to put some lifters in that thing. They're they're bad. My, they're really bad. My first my first three engines was set at, I think, 64 or 67. And my fourth engine on the stock engine, I think it set at like 6,000 or something. It's not even up that high. Yeah, it's stock, basically. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I say I just, I just, I just set mine at, I think, 6,000. And my, my re-enables at like 10 RPMs below it. That was it. So what you're telling me is set it at five nine 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 and uh, re-enable at like what the six zero 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 zero. Perfect. No, mine was mine was my limit was was six thousand. My re-enable was uh, five nine 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 zero nine nine zero. Yeah. Now, huh. when you have that set further apart, is that where you get that really harsh, like traditional LS uh, angry sounding rev limiter? Well, it's just basically it's I don't like to hear a rev limiter where it's like seconds in between it re enabling. So I, I've shortened mine up where it was only ten RPMs different, so it's faster. So the re enables it da 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 instead of being as John Moore, his is the worst one. Sounds oh, like a bad. damn 
It sounds like a what? Sorry, you cut out like right at the at the pinnacle there. It's like an elephant or something. <laughs> it sounds like an elephant. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever heard a Lexus IS 250's rev limiter? It is the most insane sounding rev limiter. It is so quick. I don't know if it's like literally like a th three RPM difference, but it is nuts. They sound insane. Um, I don't know if I've heard that. I had neither. I had a video on my Instagram a while back of it, but that was like the most insane sounding rev limiter ever. And it's not even two step either. And it just had the sickest sound. It was awesome. What is it? A Lexus? What is it's a, yeah. it was there. It was there when they changed from the body that had the two J in it to their new model, like the Oh eight Oh nine. It had just like a 2.5 liter V six into it. And I don't even know how to explain it other than it was just like this crazy, super crisp, snappy RP or rev limiter. It was sick. I'm going to have to look at a. Huh. Yeah, that was that was something that always intrigued me was uh, just as he said, how he likes it, where there's like no lag in between as it's reengaging. It's just fucking on it. Sick. <laughs> but all right. So you guys say, you know, you have a little little rivalry. Who's got the better rig? I mean, I didn't see the ZJ coming out with its fucking legs tied up. It's kind of like oh, an X-Ray well. rig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right into that, I guess. Uh... Oh, hold up, hold up. So, are we going to get on the subject of the uh, the Trail Ninja? We can do whatever. I just had to talk. I had to poke some fun because you guys were saying there was a little rivalry between the two. But, no, it's it's really Bradley's the one that that started a lot of the the upgrades because we were all content on 35s and cold springs and just going out and having a good time and all of a sudden bradley's like i'm going tons and 40s and all of a sudden so now we all gotta play along you know because you can't have one out there he's gonna get bored you know he's only gonna hit some good shit mm. so we had to play along too and and that's that's how it kind of started mm -hmm. so the, the rivalry i guess is the fact like bradley went to a stage two cam well when i did it and i saw that engine had stage three i'm like hell yeah I got a stage three. What are you going to do? You know, but that, that started my downward spiral to the fourth engine. Anyway. Hmm. So it's, it's not really, uh, it's, it's all in good fun as far as, you know, trying to do stuff. Both rigs work very well. Uh, and I, I've driven Bradley's, uh, many a times in the trails and there's no question. He did his homework when he set up the coilovers and his four link and stuff. The Jeep handles great you know there's you don't get off camera situations where you feel like you know that jeep's just it's stupid you know our uh, sister he put he just read redid coilovers and he had to put sway bars on it because he said it was too tipsy for him you know um so there's 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 things there's pros and cons with both of them and uh i, I really i don't I don't know if, Brad, if Bradley's even driven mine, mine that much to actually have any comparison that he could even input because mine's just been down for so long with engine problems. You know, I'm sure that Cody's going to ask about it later, so we'll skip the tire thing. But one of the starkest differences <laughs> I noticed was that the uh, Prater brothers are split on whether it's ORI or coilover territory. Um. I'd say the, the the reason why I went ORIs and uh, since I do have a shop that's a business, my time that I have to work on my own rig in the shop, I can't I can't tie up a stall. I have to be able to pull my junk back out of the shop Sunday night, 
for work on Monday morning. And so um, I realized after doing some research that setting up cool or setting up ORIs is a lot quicker and faster because of how they package that ORI with bump stops, limit straps, everything all in one unit. So basically you put it at full bump, you put your ORI in there, you, you tack some stuff in place, you pull it out, you burn it in, you put it in, you put air in, air in it, you're good to go. So I went, I went ORIs because of that. And also uh, at the time I did front ones first and I got those on Facebook marketplace. The guy sold me two ORIs and the charge, uh, the charge gauge and stuff. And it was like, it was stupid cheap. And those are the ones that are on the front of it now, uh, even though I've gone to front and rear, but uh, so my reasoning for it was because I didn't have optimal time and space to work on my stuff and take the process to set everything up. So, yeah, that I makes like sense. my cool levers. I mean, I understand the ORIs. People like them. I like cool levers, though. They're, I mean, it's you pick what you want, which well, what you can get a good deal on too. Let, let me go ahead and say this though. The, there's one benefit of a coil lever is the fact if you lose your a seal or your air, you still got a spring to carry your ass out. But yeah. if you decide to if you decide to bang the rev limiter and slide into a rock and you break the sandwiches in half, um, I mean then we're welding <laughs> shit on the next morning to get your shit out of the damn trail. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> when there's um, when you break a coil lever in half, you. You don't have a secondary means except for the bump stops. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, one thing I noticed with the coilovers on at least my rig is they're very dynamic. Um, with how I've got the, I forget what it's called, Brad. You're probably going to have to correct me on this, <clears throat> but the secondary rate adjustment. Uh, yeah, you'll have a, a dual rate slider that, and then you have the adjuster nut that hits the dual rate slider and you start working on just the lower cool spring. Yeah. I've got you get a real progressive spring rate change whenever you hit that. I've got mine set for about two and a half inches or three inches, I forget which. But basically once you've bottomed out on that, it gets a lot firmer. So it's been stupidly stable with that and with the four link in there. Um it's shocking me as to how Stable it is. Oh. <laughs> there goes my shocking you? Compared oh, to um uh... me so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Compared to the leaf springs that were in there, it's a fucking weird animal. It just goes. It kind of tips weird. It looks real sketchy when you're behind it, but it's fine. It feels great in the cab, though. Like, yeah. you don't feel like you're going over, and, you know, you saw the video. It just kind of does its thing. Um, yeah. So is that your, your vouch for coilovers? That is my vouch for coilovers. Uh, I can't wait to do them up front at some point. That's going to be sweet. And but Anytime you go from a leaf spring or a coal spring to a coal over ORI or something different, there's such a drastic difference in how that rig handles off-road. It's, it's unreal. Um, and one of the reasons why I decided to do something different on mine, because I was already on 40s, is we did the entrance. We were on the entrance of uh, Walden's Ridge at, at uh, 
what's the place I got kicked out of? Winrock. Winrock. And, uh, and I felt the push off whenever I climbed and the whole rig just went off to one side. And I was like, uh-uh, I'm done. I got to do something different. And when I went back, I had just a front ORIs and there's no question there was a huge difference in how that thing handled and how it went up that same entrance and it didn't have the push off the coal springs had. Hmm. And so that's whenever I was like, Oh yeah, I'm in. And so that's why I wanted to do the rears. And so it, it's, you know, having the right suspension, I don't, it doesn't even matter what size tires you're on or what size axles you're on to have the right suspension on your rig makes a huge difference in how that thing handles and what you can do off-road. Which reminds me to ask, what do you have under your rig? Double triangulated rear with a three-link? No, my rear is a uh, single triangulation in the rear, and the front's just a three-link with a uh, with track bar. Why the single triangulated? Um, it was easier and quicker. Uh, if I had it to do over again, I would do the double triangulation. Um, we were at uh, Hawk Pride. That was last year. I was already on the 43s and we were on the hard line and I was that I was given everything I had to get up. It's it's a pretty nasty spot. And all of a sudden I'm beating on it and no one even said anything. And I heard something pop. So I looked back and I could barely see like a few inches of my tire. The axle that I broke an upper link off the frame Ugh. and the axle was just shoved off to the passenger side. So of course we, at that point we went to the Jeep back over on top of the axle and crossed some straps down and tied it down to get out of the trail. But that's whenever and Bradley, you know, he's a, you know, fire department, he's got plenty of time to research, do all this stuff. <laughs> and so whenever we started talking about it, having double triangulation, you're spreading that load across all four. Whenever you run a single triangulation, your your upper links in my case are triangulated. They're taking all that side to side load, yeah. and it it said net. You know, it it it, it, left, it left the chat as I guess we call it. So, <laughs> if I had to do do over it again, I would definitely have taken the time and set it up and probably done a double triangulation on the rear. I didn't think about that, but that's a really good case for the double triangulated. Yeah, and when you do when you go to a double two, you can you have a little more flexibility with how you set up a suspension as far as what kind of numbers you're trying to hit on not necessarily like anti squat or anything like that, but when it comes to like um your roll center and your um your roll, roll steer, roll axis, roll steer, all that, uh you have a lot more flexibility with where you can place those links and keep, you know, rear steer to a minimum or if you want a lot of rear steer you can add that to it um you have more flexibility to work with those numbers and get what you want in this suspension yeah it was i ended up sitting at like a degree and a half a roll steer that's the good return to center is really really fucking where i want it to be mm -hmm. so i don't know what the standard deviation is on that i just know where i or where mine fell I think if you're going to do a double, you want to try to probably try to get it as close to zero as possible. Just for the fact you always know what that rear end is going to do. You don't have to guess, okay, it's going to rear steer. Because like with the single, you could have a, 
a shit ton of rear steer and a single triangulated and which people with people with um with uh uh man it's left my mind uh <laughs> clayton no i wasn't thinking clayton it's uh trailing arms yes trailing arms people with trailing arms have a ton of of um of flex steer roll steer whatever you want to call it uh so I mean, you just have to know what your rear end is going to do if it's back there, if you're dragging your rear end around, you just got to know what it's going to do. Uh, so that's that's just kind of something to keep in mind, really. Good point. You, um, you you get way too technical because you've had so much time to research all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and really what you should do is put your links where they're going to fit <laughs> and go wheeling. And that's check really the numbers like three do. months later and be like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Oh, okay, Look yeah, how that shitty worked. I did or yeah. Look how good I did, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, because when you rip your cross member out of your Jeep and it goes through the floorboard, it makes it a bit to load it back on the trail. It doesn't matter oh, what no. the numbers are. <laughs> no, yeah, because you're numbered. Yeah, it's like who whose links are it is it anyway, where the, the links are made up and, and they don't even matter. So, <laughs> Well, you're, when your roll steer is so bad, your axle's parallel to the body. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Dude. You ain't kidding. When I had the single triangulated, one thing I will say that was really annoying was it kept trying to like skate the rear axle over depending on which way that the tire was flexing out. So the rear of the Jeep would just creep out. On your leaf spray? Yeah. No, on uh, Ducky. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had the Clayton kit in that. Was it the Clayton's a single triangulated? Uh, for ZJ's, yeah. It's oh, got, okay. like, these brackets that wrap around the frame. That's why when he said single triangulated, I asked if it was Clayton. It's not a bad kit. It's just, meh. Uh, yeah. But I, I didn't know we were going with that. So my actual lower link brackets are still the, the ones that I got with a Rough Country kit. Um... And of course, Rough Country kit for their lifts was just, it, it was still a, a five link. Whenever I went to the tons, I, what did I do on that? I ordered some brackets for my upper links to triangulate it. And I welded them onto those. And I think I ordered like 20 degree, uh, you know, link brackets or whatever it was. So I actually, my, my triangulation and stuff I used was just a, Frankenstein crap that I had laying around and ordered some other stuff to make it all work. So mine wasn't necessarily a kit or anything. It was some stuff that I ordered and I said, I can use this and make this work and make my own links and stuff. Mm-hmm. So all my links were, were custom were custom made and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, when some of those cross members and stuff, like, you know, there's, it doesn't matter what brand it is. If the brackets or the, in the, yeah, I guess the link brackets are in the spot you want them to be in or close enough. You can build links and make it do whatever you want. Yeah. So you want to tell us about your time at the meet and beat? And uh, we'll get in Brad as well. Mine? Yeah. Hell, that was a shit show. <laughs> yeah, it was. So we got there, what, Thursday? Yeah, Thursday night. I think you got there a little bit before me. I think I got there about nine. You probably got there seven, eight, something like that. Yeah. So Thursday, uh, I don't even know what trail we're on. I think I got pretty, pretty sloshed. Um, Thursday, yeah, we did. It was bad. 
We did. Yes. Um, I don't know what show we're on. I don't even know what happened. All I know is that someone said that my draft shaft broke. I crawled underneath it Thursday night, and the draft shaft evidently a rock got in the way, and it went in two pieces. And so uh, we pulled it off the actual side, zip tied the other side up to the body, drove it back down, and Friday morning Bradley had some DOM tube laying around. So me, Todd. Eddie and I don't even know who all we cut the ends off of my my drive shaft and used Eddie's uh, 110 flux core welder and welded the, welded the drive shaft up, made another drive shaft and uh, went riding. That was pretty early. We did that. Rode all day Friday. What happened after that? It was there within 10% uh, of being balanced for sure. It was. Oh, it's no. Sure. Oh, yeah. uh, Things meant hot. Todd hooked it up. He's over there rolling it on the trailer, making sure everything's straight. There's no question you could drive this thing 50 miles an hour down the road and no vibrations out of this drive shaft. So the drive shaft's on point. So and it's, it's, uh, and it's quarter wall, quarter wall DOM too, and so it's better than his old one. His other one was one twenty. Oh yeah. <laughs> like he oh, yeah. upgraded. He upgraded <laughs> in the middle of a wheeling trip. So I guess it was uh, was it Friday that my relay failed. On the fan? I can't remember if it was or not. I can't remember. I, I, I'm i actually lost. Uh, I mean, there's a, a lot of... Uh, it's uh, all blurry. Yeah. So <laughs> all blurry. it was either Friday or Saturday. I don't know. So I think the second failure was actually uh, my fan relay decided to, uh, to quit working. And I look down and I see that my temp gauge is at 250 degrees. Well, I'm running auto meters. It stopped at 250 degrees. <laughs> and so I, I, I back up out of the trail and I shut it off, pop the hood. Water pump is pissing, cooling out just like a waterfall. Bradley leaves, goes to town, buys another water pump. He goes back to the trailer because I run my steam, my steam pipe into the top of the water pump. He drills it, taps it, and puts my fitting back in, brings it up to the trail. And I put a water pump on it, fill up the coolant, we're good to go. And so then it was, uh, I think, yeah, I think that actually happened Saturday, Bradley, but I don't know. I uh, yeah, I anyway. also brought a 15-pack of tacos up there, too, from Taco yeah, Bell. Taco Show. Bell. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, and we, we rode a lot. And then, I don't know what night it was. It was the night that John Moore showed up, so that happened Saturday. So it was Friday night was the night that me and John Moore were, I don't even know what show we're on. We're somewhere. And I gassed, uh, one of my tires in the sidewall. You're over so in the 50 the somewhere. You're on 50 or 51 yeah. or something. You're over in the 50 yeah. somewhere on that, on the left side of the park. Yeah. We're over in the fifties. I gassed a tire in the sidewall. I had some plugs. I threw some plugs in it, some air in it. We let the fifties came back down. When I got back to the, to the, to the trailer, it was flat. And I was like, okay, I'm done. Bradley was the one that he was busting my balls so much about, Hey, I didn't even, he even called me a little bitch at one point. Cause I wasn't yeah, I trying did. to fix it the next morning. I said, I said, you're being like our sister, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So I finally said, screw it. Let's do this. And I shoved like 25 tire plugs in this gash. I used D whites. Uh, he had a, a little, uh, fire starter for his commando joe i'm over there heating up my tire and the plugs using a rock 
smoothing out the plugs, trying to make this thing seal up. <laughs> it's sealed up. Oh man. And we went, we went riding and I had to put air in it like one time on the trails. And I'm like, this thing's actually holding. And that's when Saturday night happened with Bradley and the trail ninja. <laughs> 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 so, Wait, do you, do you call your X-ray the Trail Ninja? No. <laughs> no. Oh, okay. That just threw me off. So my bad. No, nope. <laughs> where this is going. <laughs> so, so when Bradley uh, decided to uh, take his rear axle out from underneath the Jeep, everyone was done. They didn't want to ride anymore. Well, we're already—I don't know—twenty something beers in at this point again. And so Bradley's like, I'm not ready to quit riding. I'm like, well, let's just go. So we hop in yeah. my Jeep. Left my Jeep water pump. splattered in the middle of Trail 41. <laughs> and I was like, Bart, you got any you got any passengers in there? He's like, nope. I said, I'm getting in. We going riding. So that's whenever, and we didn't even think about this at the time. Now, the next morning we go, what the hell are we doing? I've got a tire that's got a gash in it. I've got a drive shaft. We did a 110 flux core weld on a brand new water pump because my relay was working. And everyone else is like, we're going back to camp. Me and Bradley hit, I don't know how many trails. A bunch. And, the whole, and just beating the crap out of the ZJ. And it, it just kept taking it. The whole damn time, though, I'm asking Bradley, I said, hey, is there still air in that rear tire? He goes, yeah. <laughs> no, we get back to camp. The tire's flat. <laughs> we don't knock. We don't knock the plugs out of it. It ain't hold no more air. So it was. It was completely flat, like a hundred percent flat. But the thing is, I mean, the thing's wide. And every single time he would ask me, I'd look out the window and I'd be like, "Yep, looks good to me." I couldn't see the the bulge of the sidewall that's sticking six inches out beyond the tire. <laughs> we're coming. We're coming down Area Fifty One down one of the trails in area 51 it's steep as shit coming out of the meat of, meat of it that is the meat of area yeah. 51. <laughs> and, and he's a, and i'm sure going to tire good because i mean that could make a difference how the jeep panels or not who knows yep. and he's like yeah tire's good and all of a sudden i'm like i reach over i grab my shoulder harnesses and he goes oh shit we doing this i said oh strap up buddy <laughs> <laughs> we did it though all by ourselves uh, so, but so even though with all the figures I had it with a, with a brand new or a junkyard engine, it was just put in, I made the full damn, I made the full ride and somehow or another it, it held, it held up with a lot of band-aids. So I, I, yeah. uh, I actually, I think I went everybody where everybody else went. I think I was left out of a couple of trails because of whatever, but Hey, we had a good time. We sure did. And, uh, we did pretty much everything you were not supposed to do when it comes to wheeling on Saturday night. Don't wheel by yourself, especially don't do anything sketchy. And what exactly would we do? We did. Hey, you guys were together though, at least, you know, so <laughs> you were, die, yeah. make it a holiday at least. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Man, good, good date on the calendar, you know, exactly. So we did so it. What actually happened to your Jeep? Like what, what went on? Like, I know you snapped off a few things and, like, I don't know, like, threw a coil over to the side. <laughs> We've kind of been teasing but... about it the entire time. <laughs> yeah. So, I'll go ahead and, like, preface uh, Bradley, this. Bradley, you got to start from the very beginning. From the very oh, yeah. beginning. Yeah. So, who's oh, older? Yeah. We got to start there. Who's older? 
I'm, I'm older than him. Our sister's older than than us. So. Okay, so sister's <laughs> born. He's gonna, he's gonna be so pissed. He's gonna Hold be on. Let me let me get the from the beginning. Sister's born starts with the B. Yep. Bart is born starts with the B. Right. Yep. Bart Bart's first. Yep. Yeah. I Brad, was okay. Oh, sweet. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. We'll skip ahead a few years. So then, this weekend you show up. <laughs> What's the what's the what's the vibe? You you happy happy to go wheeling? You're already drunk. Little trucks upside down. What's the, you know, said start from the beginning. So, oh yeah, I mean everything was everything was good. I, you know, between the last time I wheeled, you know, like a month or so before that, uh, took it out. Everything was good. All I did over that time is I, I touched up a few welds that I found that were cracked. You know, did a bolt check like I always do, and that was that was about it. Uh, and you know, get to AOP. Uh, everyone's having a good time. I'm having a good time. We go wheeling. Um, fast forward a few days. Saturday night comes around. Um, I had a lot of Miller Lights and seltzers and hot dogs and tippy cow and all that. And um, we're like, hey, let's go around Trail 41. I guarantee I've been up Trail 41 a hundred times, uh, easy. And uh, so, so I'm leading. Uh, oh, I forgot to back up just a smidge. Uh, Luke said, "Hey, man, do you mind if I hop in with you?" I'm like, "Of course, I just hop in. I don't, I don't care. You throw your cooler in the back; don't make no difference to me." Um, so we're cruising up through there. I'm hauling ass like I always do. Shoot down 41, get up to the hard section. I don't always take the hard section; just kind of depends on the mood I am. But like I said, hot dogs and Miller Light, typical, make you do some stuff you don't always think you do so get up to this get up to this hard hard section and um i'm you know i'm giving giving it to it um bart said i was hitting two-step and i was going up it and just sliding right back down and i did it one time and i heard nothing when i slid to the bottom no pops no nothing and i i looked out the window and i i or window don't really have one. Looked out the door. Looked you said I had one just too. Oh, did I? Yeah, I did, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, looked out the door, and I put it in back in first gear, and I started to give it gas, and I heard Bart's yelling at me on the radio, you're broke, you're broke, you're broke. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I look out the window, no tires are spinning. And I'm like, oh, well, no rear tires are spinning. I'm like, okay, yeah, I broke a drive shaft, something like that. So I go ahead and just decide – I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go ahead and gas on this thing and see if I can pull up out of it. No, that that was that was the wrong answer. And um, so we all got out and we go over there and I had I couldn't remember at the time the cross my four link cross member in the rear was still somewhat. It was still there. No, I, no, it was still no. the link. No, no, the cross the link didn't. Well, the link did break, but the cross member was still somewhat there. It was yeah, that's up. what I thought. It was still up, um, but it yeah. was broke, and yeah, yeah. So the cross member, my four link cross member in the rear, was still somewhat attached to something. I, I don't know. I didn't really look. So I guess we decided we were going to try to winch it out, and no, I guess we. Hold up, you miss you miss a very important part. Oh, yeah. So during all this, you know, we're sitting there, you know, poking at it, stuff like that, looking at it, telling jokes, drinking beer. Um, my passenger disappeared. 
just Fucking completely trail ninja. Trail ninja. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got to apologize. I was, I was really surprised that they didn't come and like the trail engine just like take all my beer and just like roll out or something. Like everything seemed to be, be, be still there. Like trail ninja gone, banished. He put on his black suit, his little, his little bandana around his eyes gone. If it would have been nowhere, someone would have gotten finished. <laughs> all I know is that we're sitting here. Looking at the carnage, and all of a sudden it's like, where'd he go? Where'd Luke go? Where did Luke go? Where did Luke go? Very Luke uh, thing. Luke, Luke got yeah. out and saw what was broke and was like, I'm out. Yeah. Bart said he could see him running off in the woods. <laughs> I do apologize for that. I wasn't going down and talking with people because, like, I was just conversation at that point. And then yeah. fucking. Sam was like, hey, you were supposed to ride with me, and or uh, where did you go? And I was like, I was up there. We went to go up the side, and then it just ended up, he took off. I was there, and I probably should have just said, fucking let me out, but I went wheeling. I mean, <laughs> apologize. it is what it is, man. But uh, what ended up happening after that is we did attempt to winch it out, I guess, I don't remember what the conversation was at the time. If we thought it was drivable the way it was, if we could just limp it out, if we could be winched and, or, or what, what the deal was, but we started to winch it. You did did winch it up to a more, we got it out of the hard spot over to the, the the bunny slope. And that's when I was going to, that's when I hooked up the, uh, the Bubba strap and I was going to pull you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, as soon as I started pulling, I heard everyone screaming, no, no, no. The no, axle no, went no. from being, the, the axle went from, or the tire went from being into the rear, like where the door would be, to it's at the back bumper about yeah. to come out from underneath the Jeep. Yeah. Like it was, it was for real, like leaving chat status. Like it was well, about to go. Well, the, that's when, that's when their cross member fell down more and it called a rock and we're pulling the Jeep and the cross member was like, no, I'm not going with y'all. No. So basically, two link mounts, the upper link mount and the lower link mount on the passenger side were sitting on the ground. Like, they completely broke off from the frame. And at that point, I literally, I, I we were all standing there kind of looking at it. I said, there's no reason to ruin the night we're having trying to mess with this anymore. There's only one thing that's going to fix that, and it's a welder. There's nothing we can do to this thing to get it out without tearing everything up. So that's uh that's when I hopped in with Bart and um, Brian decided that he and his his old lady were going to go back to camp and go to bed. And, and I guess that just left me and you, right, Bart? That was there was no one else with us basically. So yeah, it was just like we're going to keep riding. So this that's is, when this we I was the- like. So we cruise on out of 41 and I said, fuck it, keep going straight, hit upper 41. I already got it all mapped out in my head. We're going to hit some good shit. And that's when it started raining and it, we still just kept riding. I forgot about that. It did rain. We got wet too. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was whenever everyone else left and me and him kept partying with my broke gas Jeep. Yeah. With no wear in the tire. (laughs) <laughs> so we we wheeled i think we we ended up 
we ended up wheeling. It was probably still two o'clock in the morning. We came down, came back down the mountain, and Jonathan and Casey were still at the pavilion, weren't they? And we sat there and talked to them for a while. That um, was um, that was the same night that some dude walked out of the woods and needed his junk flip back over, wasn't it? No, that was the night before. If that I was right. yeah, that was Friday night because I drove my junk up that up to that. Oh, that's too. right. That's uh, right. My bad. Yeah. Oh, that's right. We we sat at the pavilion. Uh, that's what Jonathan's got my my Yeti koozie. Uh, because we sat we sat out there. Oh, and yeah. Out of the pavilion. Yeah, we we hung out there for a while, and finally, I think at one point it's like, hey, we we got some work to do in the morning, so I think it may be time to go to bed. And that could have easily been three four o'clock in the morning. So we didn't. Yeah. Uh, so we didn't quit down there. Yeah, uh, we didn't. We didn't quit. We ain't quitters. No, so, no, to, 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 to basically take a rear axle up from underneath the Jeep and then hop in a broke Jeep and keep riding in the rain. Now we, we definitely know how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess what ended up happening after that next morning, uh, we get up, I don't even know if we made breakfast or anything like that. And we cleaned up and the first thing I'm thinking about is, okay, I've got to start getting some supplies ready, you know, straps, you know, welder generator and got all this stuff. We got most of it loaded up in the back of Casey's Comanche. Luckily we did have a truck there that made that super easy to be able to load stuff in the back of that and went up there and basically cleaned off the frame the best we could and welded, welded those link mounts back on good enough to drive out. I think, let's see, Brian, I think towed me part of the way all the way up to the top of one or two trail two towed me up all the way to the top of trail two and we unhooked the strap and I drove it the rest of the way out. But, uh, ended up being a, I don't honestly, I, I haven't even looked at the thing since I unloaded it off the trailer, uh, since I got it home, hmm. uh, at least one cool over shaft was broken. A lower eyelet was broken on the other cool over. Uh, probably at least one lower spring, maybe two lower springs. Um, they got pre- pretty beat up. So I've got to get my cool overs rebuilt and, um, hey, give Radflow a call. I don't know if you remember us talking at the pavilion, but I had a co- or a air shock go through a fire, which was caused by me. And they sent me a seal kit for it and, um, some extras stuff schrader valve and uh yeah backs and everything and i had it in three days yeah yeah i haven't decided if i'm going to uh attempt to do it myself or just take them up to wide open design and drop them off and say whatever's wrong on them make them right i haven't quite decided that they're still they're obviously they're off the jeep we had to take them off to get it off the trail but it's just a matter of me taking them somewhere or putting them up on the workbench and, and figuring out I've just been so busy with other stuff here lately that haven't really had time to think about the Jeep. And now here we are, we got a ride most likely coming up in July or that date is to be determined. And, uh, it's, it's like, Oh damn, uh, I've got work to do now. So mm-hmm. I've got to get it back up and running. I hate having something that's broke. So it's just one well, of those things. Got to get in, dig, gonna- my, dig my hands into it at some point. I've got a four-hour round trip to go get my tire vulcanized. Uh, if you want to trade jobs, I will happily do that with you. 
No, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> they said it, they said it costs eighty dollars to have my tire vulcanized. I'm definitely good. Yeah, with that. that's yeah. That I bad. talked to the I talked to the guy with Diddy's Big Block Race Shop. He does a lot of cool over tuning and and rebuilding and stuff. And he said that a shock shaft alone is a hundred bucks. Jeez. So. Yeah, then I think he said like a lower yeah. aisle, it's like forty bucks. So I mean, you're already looking at 140 bucks for minimum just to get the few things that are broken on them taken care of. But then you spring swap to be. A, yeah, the passion uh, rear springs. Those summits are are foobard. Yeah, I think they are. At least the bottom one is done. I would say uh, the upper one may be okay. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that the bottom one is most likely done. The upper is probably okay, but the bottom one, I'd, I'd say it's pretty safe to say that thing is done. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's crazy because that four-link had been in that Jeep for literally probably four years. And I don't know if it was two, three months ago, I found one crack in one of the welds that holds that cross member to the frame. And I was like, hmm. I better fix that. So I actually did. I, I ground out the weld, gouged it out real good, burned it in real hot. Everything was good. Didn't even paint it. I didn't want to see. I wanted to be able to tell if it cracked again. And I don't know what it looked like before we hit trail 41. I would assume that it was probably already hurt, but is what it is. I mean, it happened. So got to make it right at some point. So what's the plan for making that thing right? Uh, basically everything we did on the trail to get it out needs to be undone. So every bit of welding that we did to get it together needs to be unwelded. So I'm going to cut everything out, all the welds out that we welded in there, cut all them out, redo that half of the cross member. And then I'll probably just beef up my original design, which it was tied into the cage in the center. So it wasn't. It wasn't a slouch. It just didn't have any uh, support front to rear out close to the frame. So, okay, it it um, just it just it just needs some it just needs some more strength around the frame area, really. Hmm. So you think it just because the frame was off or yeah, because the frame was front to back. The frame was it? yeah, yeah. So the the frame was undamaged. It just it ripped welds in half and everything clear off the frame. Huh. And I think mostly it was it was not enough support front to back about if I were to say six inches inside of the frame, that's probably the area that needs some support front to rear, both sides. So on that note, would it be possible to run a piece of DOM through the frame rail? Um and then tie the inner and the outer sections of the frame rail together with like a sandwich plate around that dom uh i wouldn't think that that's not out of the question it could it could possibly happen that the cross member itself is two by six quarter wall and it yeah. was all welded it was all welded to the inside of the frame so if you you possibly could do that yeah i'm gonna whatever i do i haven't i'll have to get underneath it and start you know, doing some cardboard aided design and stuff, but um, I'm gonna have to get underneath it, and I, I'm I will make it to the point where it won't fail again because I don't ever leave. If I have something break, I never leave a weak point from where it broke. So I'll get underneath there, and I'll, I'll plan something out, and I'll get it. I'll get it way stronger than it was before. 
Yeah, when you break something, you're definitely going to upgrade what you what you broke to make it better. Yeah, so it doesn't happen without again. question. Without question, I don't. I don't believe in fuses. I want everything to be as strong as it possibly can. Well, keep me in the loop on that because I think that where I'm working, they're going to be scrapping some inch and a half by I want to say 180 dom. So yeah. what we could do would be I could set up a CNC program and run a whole pattern, cut off some stuff in a lathe, and then uh, have whatever the width of that is plus the extension outside of the frame rail to a tie-in plate that you could just cut to fit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nothing's nothing's out of the question at all. That is, it's just one of those things. i got to take the time and, and roll yeah. underneath that thing, which I was... <laughs> another thing too is i was i was pretty sketched out because i don't have like hydro bumps i have some big rubber cushy or maybe they poly but they're super cushy big bump stops and those things are set up whenever that thing's at full bump it's about a it's about a half inch from the transmission cooler because the transmission cooler is mounted through the floor in the back and it is like literally about a half inch from the cooler and i was a little sketched out driving that because it's a griffin it's a Griffin high dollar trans cooler, and it's yeah, like you don't if, this mess thing, that up. <laughs> if this thing if this thing destroys this transmission cooler, I will be pissed because oh man, that I would have been more pissed about that than I would have been the cool overs. <laughs> yeah, that Griffin stuff's no joke. How much does that cost? I I want to think that that cooler itself, cooler with a fan and shroud and everything, was probably like in the five hundred dollar range. But God damn. The thing is no joke. I mean, it is. It is. It keeps it cool. It's definitely an airplane when it kicks on, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's it keeps it cool. It keeps everything in check, and it does. It is airplane, and it's kind of cool because the fan points straight down at the ground, so it just blows up a little, kicks up a little dust storm too. So, <laughs> hey, as long as it keeps the you know the liquid cool, then it's doing its job and it's worth the money, honestly. Yeah, because I had problems. I was running like a Dural transmission cooler with a fan on it, and I think it had like an eight-inch fan. Mm-hmm. And it was—I was overheating that transmission, easy, easy, super easy. And I stepped it up to this one, which has a twelve-inch fan on it, and it's a um, Spall fan. If y'all know anything about Spall fans, they're the best, best there is, really. And. uh that thing is that the 12 inch fan is bigger than one of the fans on my engine. So uh, it's, wow. it's definitely, it's definitely no joke. It's, it's, it's what it needed. I'm running a D roll on mine, but I've got mine under the hood. And if I, if I'm beating on mine really, really hard, I'll, my trans get every bit of two twenty. Um, but that doesn't happen often. I think that it, the D roll that I'm running, if I had it, not under the hood, it it worked just fine, and I, I think my Dural is a little bigger than one, the one that you had, right, Bradley? Yeah, it was. Okay, yes. I mean, my mine's mine's a good size, you know, you know, cooler assembly, but being under the hood with the headers and everything, it's it's. I probably need to move it. Would wrapping yeah, the headers I, help? You know, I thought about that, and I would like to probably try to do that. Um, but knowing me, uh, I'm probably just going to say, screw it until something breaks and then I'll make the change. Yeah. I feel yeah. that. 
I've never seen a huge difference in wrapping headers myself. Like I've wrapped, I wrap like my, all my downpipe and everything that runs right next to the floorboard. It still gets stupid hot. I mean, crazy hot. So I don't know how much of a difference it makes. It does, it does, uh, help keep fires at bay on it. If you get, you know, power steer and transmission fluid or something like that, it does help with that, but I need it then. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Really? That helps but, it? I would have thought it would kind of be the opposite. and Not that it would catch on fire, but it would sort of just soak it's like it in. It, yeah, it, it does soak in there. It'll keep burning, but it's almost like the fire does not get as big and as flash nearly as much whenever mm-hmm. whenever it... Because it, it happened to me. I got transmission fluid on my downpipe, and it burst into flames, and it was not nearly as big as I've seen other fires on exhaust from transmission fluid or power steering fluid. Good to know. Yeah, that's definitely good information. It'll keep a rig in pe- or one piece. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad whenever you see one burn. It's, it's not the Probably kind of weekend you want. the worst. At least with a roll, there's a cool story to it, but there's never a yeah. cool story when it's like, yeah, I lost a hydro line and lost the Jeep. Yeah, and completely lost shit. it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you think about like power steering coolers and power steering pumps and all that stuff that runs right next to exhaust. It's just like, dude, I mean, the potential is always there. Yep. So on a more upbeat note, with the ZJ, what did you end up doing? Because we're on the subject of headers for the headers. Are they like Novox or? So the donor Jeep I got was a TJ and the guy had already welded in the frame side mounts and had the engine side I don't, I don't, I'm not sure which, I don't even know what actual kit it was, but it was the LS swap kit for a TJ. So they are shorty center dump headers. So whenever I fabricated everything, there's nothing out there for ZJs that I know of. And I think after I got on a few Facebook pages, there's some people that are starting to possibly make some production stuff for ZJs for LS swaps. Um, but me and my buddy basically made our own frame side mounts. And when we did it, we basically dropped the engine in with the headers already on it. And we made the frame side mounts with the Novak engine mounts on it, which has just a plate, a little lag bolt and a puck, whatever. And, um, we made my frame side mounts. I mean, you really couldn't do it any better because I can pull off the intake unbolt the transmission and I can pull my engine in and out with the headers on it, but they are, they are shorty center center dumps. Okay. I was curious about that. Cause that was something that like back when I had a ZJ, I was thinking about cause I had the five, two in it and I had some ECM problems with the VATS that mm-hmm. just kept coming back and it was like cut and shorten the purple door wire. And I never found any info on that. And I scrapped that rig, so it just slipped my mind. Was the engine to shut off? Yeah, yeah. It would uh, run for like 45 seconds, and then they would just die. Yeah. The, well, Chrysler had a big problem with ECMs, whether it was a, a Jeep or a Dodge or whatever. And they had a lot of problems with, with them just shutting off like that. And it was it was internal ECM problems, for, the, for what I remember. Um, and I, my... Four liter had the same problem. So 
sometimes it would run, like you said, 45 seconds and it shut off. Or sometimes it run two hours and all of a sudden it shut off. And I'd get out there and I'd wiggle the connectors on ACM and it'd fire back up and go. Which, thank you for reminding me, I have to go and replace the zip tie on mine. <laughs> so It happens. Yeah, the zip the... tie in your ECM to hold the plugs yep. in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> hey, that's had four different engines in it. That harness has been in and out multiple times, so it's not as uh, tight as it once was. And <laughs> it needs a zip tie on there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's something else. <laughs> God damn. You're your sloppy ECMs. Oh, yeah. Worn out, even. Um, Tire question, Cody. Hit us with that. I was just getting into it. <laughs> uh, so, usually I ask this question to people who are running DOTs. Anytime I ask it to people who are running stickies, their answer is always kind of skewed. But what is your favorite DOT tire? Um, and what's your most hated DOT tire? Well, I only ran, I only ran the Nitto 40 inch DOT tire. Um, before that I ran on 35, South Africa, Firestone um, destination MTs. And you ran some BFG KM whatever's the, oh, the, the, the KM threes. Yeah. KM2s, um, I, KM3s. So I, I ran two different 35s, and then I went to the 40s with the Nittos, and I really don't have any comparison since I only ran that one set of 40 inches, and I went to the 43 stickies. But it's... I, so you really can't compare the two of what I have on tons. But it's definitely uh, going from a 40-inch DOT to a 43 non-DOT. Uh, it's completely different ball game but you can't there's so i really don't have much comparison on stuff like that so what you're saying is your favorite dot tire is a uh, thornbird oh <laughs> uh, yeah uh, oh hell no oh man no, i don't i don't i don't have one uh i mean i thought the i thought the nettos worked great i was running the trograps and i thought they i thought they were great um, but when I went to the 43 Mickey's, it was, that was a complete game changer. So, um, I didn't run two different set of 40 inch, you know, DOTs to actually have any comparison. Yeah. I think Bradley's kind of in the same situation. I really did like my Coopers when I had them. I thought they were a great tire. They were great on road. Cause if you, if you're talking DOD tires, you got to think about at least what they do on the street too. Cause it's what they're for. But uh, my Cooper's soft, which I was always surprised. I never cut a sidewall down on them, and but I like those tires. I really did. I would consider putting them on a different rig. I mean, not the same rig I got now, but one day I would consider that tire again for sure. That's well, how I, I'm I feeling. Cut. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, good. Uh, I cut a one of the forty uh, Nettos at uh, Hot Springs. Just hit a rock just right, and I, I busted a sidewall in, in one of those 40, uh, 40 inch dittos. And, but I mean, th those tires did do good when you go from a 35 to a 40. You're the yeah. first person I've heard of cutting one of them, uh, like that we've uh, talked with directly, I should say. You know, every tire has or gets cuts, but 
that's kind of impressive. Mine. Have, well, I mean, if, if you're, if you're running that low of pressure and you hit a rock just right, anything's possible, you yeah, know? You, you so can flat rock and slice one. I've done that. Like, yeah. And I, I remember the trail and when, when we were there, uh, when me and John Moore were there, uh, for new year's, we hit the same trail. As soon as I get to the top of it, I go, I go in, in my mind, I go, Oh shit. This is where I cut a 40 last time I was here. And I'm on 43 Mickey's and I was like, so I was taking it real easy, making sure I didn't hit that same rock and do it to 43. And then lo and behold, I do it to one at AOP, you know? So I mean, <laughs> anyway, it sucks. Yep. Yeah. The tire lottery is sometimes not a, it's, it can, it's not well, a winning you, game. You, at least, you have to at least follow it up with what your most hated DOT tire is. Me? Yeah. That was his question. He says, what's your favorite and what's your least favorite DOT tire? He words it yep. the worst possible way every time. and it Then suck people, my fine. fucking ass, Graham. I don't know how <laughs> else you want me to literally word it. Your least favorite and most out. favorite? I don't know. Like what, Most favorite and most what hate is you just hate? Harsh. What tire do you fucking like? I don't <laughs> fucking go. know. Uh, my, my, I never ran them. Patagonia's. <laughs> I can tell you that they suck. <laughs> yeah, they do. There's no doubt about that. Those tires do suck. And it's like I oh, think I said, whenever y'all ask me, the only people that say that they like those tires are the people that are getting paid to run them. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt so, about it. Aren't they Aren't they uh, producing a, a, a non-DOT Patagonia now? They are. Yeah, Black they Label. I could it see them working out west. That's the yeah. only place that I could see them working. Because, like, I ran them in New England, and it was just a constant series of letdowns and watching Cody's taillights while I'm on 40s and he's got 35s. Yep. Yeah, and you know, as far as Patagonia's go, it really surprised me. Matt with bleeping Jeep, he put some on, he put some on his Scorpion, and I'm like, dude, do you not realize where you wheel at? And you put because you probably were giving them, he's giving some Patagonias, and you literally put them on those, and you live. 30 minutes from Winrock Park. It's like, dude, that ain't gonna that ain't gonna end well. But no. th that was that was only a sponsor just to get that Jeep back on the trail for whatever he went. And he's dude, that, that he's about to make that Scorpion phenomenal with that rear steer. And you already know he's going to yeah. a different tire. Yeah. Yeah. I would hope that he would, but he just put them on literally two months ago. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing I... about sponsors. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, man. Yeah, he I took can't... he took he took traps off. He took traps off and put pats on. Like what? 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 Oh, what? Man. Yeah. Yeah, that but if you're getting paid, it it changes it. Like even if they suck, you're still getting paid to run them for a free set of tires. It's hard to complain about that. I don't know if you could pay yeah. tires like that though. Yeah, Matt, if you if you're listening exactly. to this, you know, we still love you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we love you, buddy. But you 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 shouldn't have put them tires on your rig because they suck. <laughs> i don't know i haven't seen anybody run the stickies so to be fair i can't really talk shit about them i've only seen people Josh run the green leaf i've not i've no i don't I think he ran again i haven't yeah he yeah, had he did. Pat yeah, he did. Oh, okay. and he ripped two sidewalls and ripped them right off but again yeah you know they're no different you know the sidewalls are probably no different it's probably just the compounds different yeah most likely, and that would be the only thing. Probably the same. The compound was like magic, like a crawler compound yeah. that yeah. doesn't even need tread to function somehow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
think the know. only way you could make them work is if you were to cut out like the center of the tread blocks all the way around that tire, almost like an Atina cut or uh, Etna cut. Well, if you just made all those sipes on the thing way more aggressive, like you might be able to get something out of it, but you're probably cutting half the tire off. Yeah, but if the sidewall <laughs> sucked that bad, you're probably not saving it. So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Milestar, if you're listening to this, I'm terribly sorry. If you were thinking about sponsoring these people, <laughs> we wouldn't take it. Gonna, we wouldn't I don't think it's going to work out. I, I don't think they were considering sponsors. <laughs> no, I think we've shit talked them enough that it's just <laughs> every uh, time Cody asks the question, it's always yep. Patagonius. So they're definitely they're not the sponsoring me bag. because I'm just egging people on to talk <laughs> shit about Patagonias at this point. Um, and I'm pretty sure Luke's out too. Yeah, yeah. Um, every single time that we have asked that question, I think the only time we've gotten a different answer was Dunlops. And who even runs a Dunlop empty? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna pick up my new set of Dunlops. It's like what, bro? Dunlop. Why? Don't don't do that. The Patagonia is a for off road is equivalent to running a BFG KO2. Into a mud field. Yeah. 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 It's crap. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Ain't gonna work like that. <coughs> so Bart, give us something that you uh you did to your rig that you kind of wish you didn't. Uh like something that you had to change up a few too many times or something that you just not too stoked on. Hmm. Was it starting with the ZJ platform probably entirely or <laughs> no, I'm ex- I'm actually happy about having a ZJ because of what I've done to it, that people, I get a a lot of, a lot of feedback from people. It's like, damn, man, it's cool rig, you know, or, you know, damn, you got a ZJ and you did this to it. You know, well, that goes back to the fact that I bought it for 300 bucks. I've got (laughs) money to put into this sheet. Mm. You know, I didn't start out with a damn JK or some shit that already paid 50 grand for, and now I've got to put another dirty into it to make it willable, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I'm happy with the ZJ. Um, I think at this, if, if you're asking me that at, at this point right now, after I've gone to an LS at this point, I wish I left a five nine in it uh, because I had a year and a half to two years on 43s with a five nine. And the only thing I ever did was do a bolt check. I greased my CTMs and I went with it. So, yeah, the the LS right now for me is is the thing that I shouldn't have done. If there was anything else before that, I wish I had more time and space to have done a few things differently as far as suspension when it comes to control arms and how I how I did mounts and things like that. Some of my mounts I'm I'm still not happy with. Um, I screwed up on the rear uh, rear upper link mounts on the axle. Mm-hmm. And so they, uh, during certain situations off road, my control arms or actually my jam nuts will actually contact my truss. And so whenever it does that so many times, it, it loosens a jam nut and I'll get, I'll get some, you know, some bumping, some thumping and stuff like that. So there's, I mean, it, it's, it's real, real small, you know, things, you know, there's a lot of things I still need to upgrade. I need to change. As far as like uh, my cross member, my trans cross member, I've definitely got to change it. My belly height didn't be big enough or tall enough, you know. So there, there's a few things, but for the most part, I should have never went to us. That five nine was was doing work. 
it was lacking power. Um, but I never had an issue getting up any trail. I mean, if, if, as long as it wasn't something stupid or it wasn't too slick, the Jeep went. So if you were looking at it from coming from a four liter to going to an LS, would that have been a different story for you? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. You know, power is addicting. So if you were going from a four liter to an LS, I think you'd still be, you'd be happier with where you're at. But whenever I went from a four liter to an LS, I, I was in the same situation Bart was with his five, nine. I was like super reliable, never had an issue, bolt check and go wheeling. I could just about go wheeling every weekend and never have an issue. And I knew that going into my LS swap, I'm like, I could potentially start having problems now. Thankfully, I haven't with the LS, uh, but it's like you have to trade off something. Do you want more power or do you want just still be reliable? And just it's a trade off. You just never really know. Uh, but I'm well, definitely happier with an LS than I was with a four liter because I love the power. The power, even well, if, though it's not much power because it's still just a 5.3, but it, it's very nice to have the extra power there. So I got two things on that. One, my stock five three stock camshaft whooped your ass in the drag race, and two, it did, it um, did yeah, it did. And so uh, I would have to say there's a, there the power difference of a five nine and a five three, even a stock five three, there's a big difference. And I'd have to say as long as it's as long as I can keep that five three together, I'll be happy with it. Uh, I'm I'm still a little pissed that it went through four engines and I ended up with a stock five three, yeah, but the uh there's no question when i had the that was engine number two the stage three cam on a holly system when it was tuned right i had a guy do a remote tune on it we he connected to a laptop remotely he set the so much up like a damn drag car it was fucking rowdy like it was nasty rowdy the two-step was on point everything was there's no question a five three makes tremendous more power than the five nine how is setting up a crawler like a drag car beneficial to crawling it's not i did not ask for that okay gotcha gotcha gotcha. (laughs) i don't think he actually knew what the application was i think this guy and and he's he's local in my area west tennessee um he just he just tuned that's what he does is he he tunes for power that that's what he does for a living. And so I didn't give him specifications. Hey man, you know, I need this and this and this. I was just happy that he was willing to do a remote tune. Cause he, he is about an hour away from me, but it's still West Tennessee. And so I was just happy he was willing to do it because I wasn't familiar with the Holly system enough to tune it where it needed to be. And so of course, when we're sitting there in my shop and he's doing a remote tune and we're revving it up, it's like, man, damn, this so much is rowdy, you know? And then we take off in the road and I had some, some shitty ass wheels and tires on the rear axle and we take off out to the road, start doing burnouts. I'm like, man, this thing is hot, you know, excited as shit. Not thinking about how that computed to being off road on a trail and the throttle was so touchy. You hit one small little pebble. You know how it makes you lunge forward, your foot lunges, and yep, all of a sudden yep. you hit the throttle, and you're, oh, dude, I was, I, it felt like I was doing wheelies out there on the trail whenever I hit a small <laughs> rock, you know, because it was just, it had so much power, there was no torque management whatsoever, and so, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that. Anyway, 
You're good. Yeah. That, yeah, that's uh. So it, how would you oh, tune sorry. that out of it? I mean, I guess make the pedal less sensitive. I don't know. I yeah, don't know that's about else is. It's uh, I'm, it's a, a fueling and timing, and down low um, on the Holly system. If I knew more about it, I could comment more. But basically, the fueling and timing uh, in low RPMs is was was tuned too hot. Basically, is what it was. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so you could add, you could leave the the fueling and timing where it was at, and you could add some torque management to pull some out. Yep. But since on a Holly system, there's no torque management in that. Uh, if you tune it where you're just getting basically max power all time, I mean, it just is what it is. Yep. Now, this is another weird one. Uh, with that Holly system, was it drive-by wire or was it drive-by cable? Uh, mine was drive-by cable. Uh, there there are Holly systems you can do uh, drive-by wire. Mine, mine was set up by cable. All right. I was just curious about that because... Um... Even with my setup, I've noticed that, like, getting back into it, when I'm just cruising around on the trail, I'm bumping it a little bit hard, at, not meaning to. That's because your when gearing I'm, isn't low enough? With the I don't think that it matters that no, much on, like, blues and greens when you're just cruising <laughs> around. Every little thing. With Are you running a holly system? No, I'm running a factory 4-liter. I'm just, I'm putting information together for eventually... Oh, okay. I uh, eventually I'd like to do an LS. Um, are you, a, it, I'm, I mean, I, I, are you thinking about the Holly system? I was. Yeah. Cause, uh, I know a couple of people that have experience tuning it. So I was, but hearing your results, that's, uh, not ideal. Well, I, well my, my thing is, is, and, and I've told this many people, um, and I, I can't sit there and hundred percent bash Holly. Because I'm an old school tech. I'm looking at scan tool data because that's what I do for a living. I can look at scan tool data, look at O2 sensors, you know, and things like that. And I can read data and understand what it is doing. With the Holly system, I had the Terminator X, is it runs a single wideband O2 sensor. Or wideband, not O2 sensor. Anyways, but they tell you to put it X amount of inches from the collector in a single bank. Well, that means that... My point exactly is that if something happens on the other bank, the wide band don't pick that up. So if you have a misfire or if an injector sticks on the other bank, it doesn't pick it up. So you have no idea something's going on and you can have issues with the engine, which is what I think possibly happened on engine number two. So I think if I'm not mistaken, Holly on the Terminator, you can possibly add in a second. But I do know for, uh, I, th I can't get them all, I, I don't get them all uh, confused. I think the Dominator is a system that actually comes with two widebands, one for each bank. Didn't because they have the, a, the, oh, sorry. But uh, the, uh, I think the Terminator is set up for a four-cylinder or eight-cylinder, and that's why it only comes with one. The okay. Dominator is set up, I think, for eight-cylinders. Because I thought they had a kit that basically you could plug and play into the LS engine wiring. Dominator. That's that was the Dominator. Dominator. Yeah, okay. the Dominator is the 999 one that they call their like all-in-one kit that you can LS swap anything as long as you're putting a manual <laughs> transmission behind it. Yeah, so. that's the one that I was looking at because I would like to keep my manual. Uh, definitely, what's I'm running... I'm running, you know, manual, basically manual anyway, but definitely do a little more research on it. If you got someone to help tune it, 
um, I, I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. It just wasn't my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's why I went standalone and I, I, I had a GM ECM laying around. So it wasn't an issue for me to, to, to get a standalone harness and, and run that, which is what I'm doing now. Yeah. But it's also like you were just talking about, it's not that hard to go and buy a standalone wiring harness, send the computer out, get the vats and the stuff that you don't need turned off and turn that into a standalone. Uh, well, I mean, what's my shot or, since I, I have access to it, I've got HP tuners, so it wasn't an issue for me to, to turn off vats, turn off the rear twos and stuff like that. Um, and I, I forgot, uh, I forgot what company I used. I really can't remember, but uh, I did, I did several like current current electric or something. Mm, I don't know. I had to look it up. I can get current back to you on that. Yeah, if, is there is a really good performance panels, but they yeah. came. Their standalone harness came, and you you can. When you get on their website, you can put in everything you want. Alternator on this side, O2 sensors here, and they will custom make it for your rig. And it automatically comes with the relay box for cooling fans, fuel pump, uh, ECM, all the stuff you need. And all you got to do is basically hook up the power wire, and then you hook up one wire to your fuel pump, one wire to you know uh, cooling fans, whatever. That company there is good, and the customer service is great. I had an it issue is, with it is uh, Current Electric, <clears throat> and they are they're it? an American based company. They're not they're not Chinese harnesses or nothing. They're made right. here. So I had an issue with uh, terminals pushing out of my O2 sensor connector, and I called them, and the owner of the company just responded. Well, so excuse me, his email. He responded back. I'm so sorry you're having a problem. I'm sending out extra terminals, extra connectors, blah blah. And I was like, well, I, I'm glad to know that y'all are taking care of me. I guess I should have told you about my alternator being on the passenger side versus the driver's side. He goes, don't worry about that. I'm sending you an extension for that as well. And completely wow. took care of me. No charge. Wow. That's so, all. Yeah. yeah so there, there's definitely benefits going standalone if you can get a, a factor ECM. And there's probably more people out there that can tune with HP tuners than there is Holly. But uh, not to say it's different, but Holly is set up for speed density. So I was running speed density on the Holly system and on the GM. Of course, I, I, I didn't do that. I ran with the regular mass, air, uh, mass airflow sensor. But, you know, so there's you can look at a lot of different things and the differences of those two systems. And I'm happy to have two O2 sensors versus a single wideband. I'm happy to have a mass airflow because now I can get trouble codes. The Holly yeah. system, you don't have trouble codes. You've got like four or five little LEDs that blink at you, and they tell you if your cam sensor doesn't doesn't work or your your crank sensor doesn't work. They don't give you codes if you got a misfire or if you've got you know something that failed. So you know that that's that, yeah. I mean, Holly that, looks that, at like also, what four sensors? Pretty much knock sensors, yeah. cam crank, and temp uh, coolant temp. Yeah. There's, there's not much to it. So also, once again, that's just me being old school as a tech and looking at scan tool data because I work on vehicles for a living versus, you know, the Holly system. You know, I, I just wasn't a fan. It's just not my thing. Yeah, but I can follow along and it's good information for down the road. I don't I don't foresee this happening all that quick. I've got other stuff that I need to do, like 35 spline outers and stickies and cool stuff uh first and you know what if i'm being honest another four liters what 300 bucks 
Yeah, but an LS is six hundred, so maybe not as yeah, depending on where money. you're at. Yeah, and uh, then again, that was in the old market too. But uh, yeah, yeah people, no, it's still hard for stupid. Yeah, the short block, the aluminum, aluminum short block that's in Bar Cheap was what five hundred or five fifty or something like that. It's probably the most expensive five three short block in Middle Tennessee, and <laughs> we hey, found it. Jeez. You gotta do what you gotta do to make it to the meet and beat, man. So that's right. Wow. Oh, that's what yeah, you put Graham in. You, does. That's the Gra- only the the only LS you could find was five grand. Literally, no, no, no five hundred. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, well, no, yeah. the thing yeah. is, like, there's people with LSs on Facebook all the time, but they're wanting like a thousand bucks, twelve hundred bucks, and stuff. And it's a junkyard engine. They can't prove that it runs. Yep. You know, so it's like, why am I spending this on on this shit? And you text, you text them, or you, you message them on Facebook, and it's like, hey, man, you got a video of it running? No. What's mileage on it? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not paying you 1200 bucks for an engine that you don't even know anything about. I mean, no, I'm, I'm good, you know? So, yeah, the LS market on, on Facebook has become stupid right now. It's absolutely out of control. There's been pl- plenty of people that have listed their their high mileage 5.3s for two grand, and I'll offer them four or 500 bucks. And That's I haven't got anyone to, yeah, I haven't <laughs> got anyone to, Take it, take me up on it yet, but I'm waiting one of these that, days. What, what was that one uh, day that many both fucking yeah, yellow boy Sutton? He he had yeah, two yellow LS. boy Sutton. He wanted <laughs> two, yellow boy. You listen, man. We still, we still want those engines. <laughs> yeah, he had two high mileage five threes, complete pullouts, you know, harnesses and everything, and he wanted four grand for both of them. And I was like, hey, I've I tell you what, bud, I'll take both of these off your hands for for 800 bucks and he was like no no, no i ain't gonna do it like i'll come and get them right now like today i'll, I'll take these from you right now truck and trailer ready to go cash in yeah down. ready yeah. ready there's, to go there's so, there's so many people that want to go to a pick and pull and get an get an ls for what they sell them for 200 bucks or something at a pick they and sell pull. them for 200 bucks up here, yeah. right so they want to go and they're basically all it is is hustling they want to go pull an engine out. They're spending, which I do get it. They're spending the time to go do that, but they want to turn around and spend two hundred bucks to go do it themselves, and then try to flip it on on Facebook Marketplace and make a grand. And it seems stupid. Yep. You know. Then yeah. again, I kind of get it because I picked up my O five pluses for two hundred fifty bucks. I could turn around and sell them all day long for five hundred and double my money. But right. every, anybody the- else could. Go ahead, sir. No, you go ahead. No, I, you're right. I mean, the thing is, is I look at it also from the from the from the aspect that there's a, a local pick and pull here that whenever everything's picked off of it besides the axles, when they pick up the body, they take a torch and cut the springs off, and there's a pile of axles out there. I can go get Sterling's sixties, Dana fifties if you want to go there. I can get those for 150 bucks all day long, and I can flip them easy. But I'm oh, not yeah. doing that, you know. Just because you can, and, pe- and I guess we can also say it's a JK market is the one that made it made them stupid, but I mean, be reasonable on it. And if you want to, if you know, if you want to go and do put in the work, and you want to flip some shit, don't get stupid with the price. You know, make a hundred bucks or something. You know, don't don't do it just because people are going to buy it. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know, man. Down the road, I do want to get more power, and I know power is addicting. But oh, it is. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a pro charger or a. 
or a uh, please LSA don't. Please or something don't. like that. Please don't. Here, <laughs> stop. Stop. I condone this. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, because I, I got I got whooped too many times in drag racing that it's like I don't want that to happen again. Yeah, you got I your mean, ass whooped by a fucking factory five three. Dude, just get Dude, a pedal bike. Basically, and factory. <laughs> my my gearing my gearing was really a big one of my big uh, hindrances in the drag racing because I I was two thirds down the track and I was bouncing off the limiter in third. <laughs> that was like everything everything it had. I mean, there was nothing more I. Could oh, get you it. were. In, that's when you were four low. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do we do we do we race do we race in in, in high range? You're supposed. Man, to. you race in high range. Yeah, and you still beat me. Yeah. That's yeah, right. that's because you run that car intake. You lost so much torque. Yeah, all that torque <laughs> I lost from that car, that that LS6 intake. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Oh jeez. What is your gearing? I forget. Don't you have like a two forty one OR? I do. Yeah, with five thirty eights. Which um, that that two forty one. I, I do have an Atlas on order. So probably over the winter that Atlas or the two forty one's coming out and the Atlas is going in. The the or the the two forty one uh, just got a brand new chains and chain and sprockets put in it because I stretched the chain on the two forty one, but it's it is literally a hundred percent as of right now. I give you two hundred bucks for it. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the that's another thing that the price has doubled on. I paid a thousand dollars for that transfer case. People are selling them on marketplace for two grand plus. That's ridiculous. Are you joking? I was thinking about oh, getting one with two grand. Eesh, I might as well get an Atlas at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think is it, it's the same thing with the salvage with the salvage stuff with the business. Is that they price salvage stuff just a few hundred bucks less than a reman or something? Same thing with this. You you can get a two forty one, and people are selling for two grand. Well, you can get an Atlas for this much. Well, someone's like, well, I only got two grand, so let me get a two forty one. And yep. it's stupid how people are driving the price up on it just because they can sell it for that. And it's not. It's it's stupid. People are driving the prices up just because they can. They know that yep. someone's either going to take a two forty one or an atlas. Well, if I can get a two forty one for cheaper, let's do it. Yep. Well, the two forty one is also bolted in and uses all the factory shit, right? So, like, I don't know. Yeah, they all there, but yeah. it's still a twenty year old transfer case, or unless it's out of a JK, and it's mine's out of a JK. Problems. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's about fourteen years old. So yeah, I mean you're still right there with it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could spend two grand on a fourteen year old no. transfer. No, case. Uh, when I, whenever chain. I bought mine, yeah, whenever I bought mine, it was like right around a grand, and I was very comfortable doing that. I'm like, this is a good case. It's an upgrade from a two thirty one. I have no problem with this. I can bolt it in in a weekend. Change the drive shaft links are just barely different, at least in the rear. The front's pretty much the same. But I was like, this is a good deal. I mean, but if it would have been two grand, yeah, you can count me out. I yeah. keep rocking a two thirty one, without a doubt. But like I said, I, anytime I break I run, something, I want to upgrade. I'm running two thirty one. So, yeah, I love my two thirty one. You ain't stretched I, chain yet, but. No, well, I did. Uh, whenever I did the LS swap on the second engine, I was doing a burnout and something popped. So I did a fluid check on it, and the transfer case had metal all in it. So I pulled it out and couldn't find anything wrong. But I, I sourced another 231, got some parts out of it. I actually had what was the GM transfer case? The GM 241? 
Do you have the GM two forty one? Yep. So I got the six pinion planetary and stuff out of it and put it in my two thirty one. So I'm running a six pinion planetary and upgraded stuff in it. So my two thirty one's not just a regular. Yeah. Did you do the wide pinion. chain and all that stuff too? Um. They, I mean, there's a wider chain. I think it's out of a Durango or something. Right. Um, right. Or whatever. So, Dodge. I think yeah, it's the Durango. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, sure, I'm still on 43s with the LS, and I'm beating the crap out of a 231, but it's a little bit stronger than your factory Jeep 231. Yeah. I'll be honest, though. The factory Jeep 231s honestly aren't even that bad. They're not great, and I'm never going to say they're great, but they're not bad. They're great. My, I'll, uh, say, I'll say they're great. They're great transfer cases. I'll say it. You keep them. You keep no, them I beat the crap out of mine. And they're pretty good. Yeah. I've snapped the um what was the weirdest one i think it was when i snapped the front input uh setup that was great but you know it cracked the case the good part was there was another one sitting there for 120 bucks so it was back up and running in less than a weekend i mean less than a day even i think it was six hours on a trailer for me to swap that yeah surprised it even took you that long really uh, we Six were... hours to do a transfer case? Is that what you just yeah, said? under Ducky. Under Ducky, yeah. Was Ducky, um, like, belly panned out or something that made it difficult? Ducky had that funky cross member that was a bitch to get aligned and pull uh, off. Well, that's every cross member that comes out. Uh, but basically, it had a big old uh, bar that reconnected back to the frame rail, and it took all kinds of getting two jacks under there to get it lined up and we weren't racing. It was kishing myself doing it. So, you know, six hours while drinking beer and just casually doing it. Makes sense. Oh, still feel like that's yeah. too much time. I don't know. <laughs> that should be me. But goddamn. Yeah. It's a little long, but you know, wrong tools. If you can't ton swap your your junk in a day, then you're doing it yeah, wrong. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Luke. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Way too fucking long. Oh <laughs> uh, shit. So, yeah, we're running on uh, an hour and thirty. If we want to start winding down, I don't know what you guys are thinking, but I'm good for whatever. Before we wind down, I do want to ask what the general consensus is between the mickeys and the usds i was kind of wondering on that yeah i can i can say that they are different um i'd say also the mickeys seem to do a little bit better crawling and i'm sure bart will agree with everything i'm about to say um the mickeys seem to be stickier and crawl better especially on flat dry rocks um we haven't because i think i've only wheeled on my usds three times now um but i think the usds will probably shine in more of your hill killing and wet stuff if i were to guess um they've done well in the few times we have ridden and it was wet they did really well um but i think the mickeys will edge it out in some crawling crawling ability but the USDs will do some digging. There's and I don't no know. Question, there's no question the USDs dig. I think they dig more than the Mickeys because Bradley will spin a tire a half revolution and his his shit will sink. 
uh, if he's in like loose stuff, uh, not on rock. Um, as far as the, there's, I haven't seen what well, I guess I've wrote with you once or twice since you've had the USDs. You drove it for like, I don't know, a, a day, a day. And a half. Oh, yeah. yeah I did. <laughs> so I guess, um, the one thing I've noticed about the Mickey's and I don't have much experience on, even though I drove his shit, but the, um, I've seen the damn Mickey's literally go to an undercut and with literally six pounds of oil, uh, oil pressure, no oil pressure, six pounds of air pressure higher. It will, it will literally look, I've got flashbacks from bad LSs. Uh, it will literally wrap around the rock. And you think you're, there's no way this tire or this Jeep is going to come up this little undercut and it will literally wrap around it and pops up like it ain't nothing. And you're like, and then you, you ask yourself, it's like, holy shit, did it just do that? So, um, I think from what I've seen from, from Bradley's rig and what I've experienced in mine is that I think that the Mickey is probably more soft and has more give as far as what it does is how it grabs rocks. Um, there's no question that the USD is still a, a hell of a tire, but I'm, of course, since I have a rig on, on the Mickey's, I'm going to be biased to it. I think in my opinion, and Bradley's probably right in certain situations, those Mickey's are going to outshow that USD a, a lot. And especially the area we're in. And there's so many times that those USDs in certain situations are going to be better as well. So it just goes back. If we can talk about the, the DOT tires and, and the difference in those and how some perform better than others, even they're all the, the same. Those, they're all completely the same. Yeah. All the DOTs yeah. are exactly the same. You just pull up to something and spin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ouch. But, that but hurt. I, I, will, I, will, I will agree with everything Bart said. I mean, everything is exactly pretty much the way he is. Uh, the only th difference is mine. I mean, they're starting to feather out and kind of break in. Barts are well broken in. I guess we'll see kind of how that goes once mine are well broken in like his are. But um, they're, I mean, they'll be, I mean, the Mickey's, the Mickey's do work. There's no doubt about yeah. it. And I would say not, well, I won't say nine times out of 10. I'd say seven times out of 10, the Mickey's are, are crawling something that I can't crawl. Wow. That's an interesting. I wasn't exactly expecting that, but I yeah. was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I kind of was. Yeah. The USDs are like shovels. I don't like. They are. They are like shovels, and 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 part of it still could be because mine are are not broken in, and Bart's are well broken in. Like you look at his, everything's nice and rounded off and cupped up and all that. And mine it still has some sharp edges on it, so mine might get to that point. They're not there yet. I don't see them getting to the point of cupping up and rounding out like barts do because of the just how aggressive they are so i don't i don't see them ever crawling like a mickey but i think no, they'll get better look, and they've already gotten no, better so far there's no question that there's a big difference from mine being brand new to where they are now and i think that has to do with just them breaking in and not not necessarily the feathering of the tire as far as it just the the compound of that tire is starting to give and i think that the usds will get to that point to where they're what the what the mickey does 
and I'm not going to say that it's going to be as competitive or, or, you know, or better or, or worse, but there is a difference in, in a non-DOT tire brand new versus being broke in. Cause I, I was my first trip out on those tires. I was once again, I went from forties to 43, you know, non-DOT. So I was like, Holy shit, this is, this is amazing. But now there's a big difference in it as far as how that tire gives more. And I think that's what the USD lacks right now from what I've seen from Bradley's is that tire has to break in more. That compound has to do something different. And then when it breaks in, it's going to give more. It's going to have that grip. It's going to have that fold where it goes over the rocks and stuff. Yeah. But as thick as the sidewalls of a USD are, I don't, I don't think it'll ever get to the point of wrapping around something like that. Cause there's pictures on the internet from, from, Kryptonite Customs, the people that make them, of uh, where they've hole sawed out the sidewall and they laid a quarter on the sidewall, and the sidewalls on those things are as thick as a freaking quarter. Jesus, God damn! Wild. Yeah, so I think a quarter is it, a quarter is right around three quarters of an inch. So that is how thick that's how thick a sidewall is on a USD. So are the USDs uh, bias? Yeah, they're bias. Okay. Yeah, it's, just, it's the same. I, 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 I honestly think the USDs get there. I think those USDs take more to break into what the Mickey did. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I said I was surprised was just like the margin, you know, seven times out of ten. I, would, I was expecting it to be a little bit closer because to me the USDs seem like they're such paddles that the lug would just kind of like flop up on top of the next thing. But well, you have to no. contact patch too. If his lug's That's bigger, it. if it's not rolling over as much as uh, the Mickey's contact patches, yeah, they're both luggy as fuck tires, but yeah. I don't know. I I there's, there's no question that, that the way that compound is of the Mickey is superior of a lot of other tires and you've seen a lot of people and a lot of rigs go to mickey's in the past year like when i they first got them out of I left field huh yeah it's a sleeper tire for sure there's no doubt about it because uh, oh, it's cheap yeah people with reds you know say that reds are the best but shit them them mickey's doing some damn work the thing is, if you can keep your RPMs down just enough to get the tires to spin very slowly and you're trying to crawl something and you don't want to act like D-White and do dumb shit, you can actually just let the tire do work and work your steering wheel and it's going to grab something and it just goes. Like I get I get in situations all the time where it's wet or dry, muddy or whatever, and I can sit there and turn the steering wheel back and forth and either it's going to, it usually just crawls up it or sometimes I'll literally, I'll just go ahead and hammer down, heat them up, and then I'll just let it off of it. And then I'll, I'll slowly crawl it and turn the steering wheel and then just walk right up stuff. It's insane what those tires do if you can just work different situations and w- of what you're in. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at the Baja bosses for the next set, not the Baja Pros, or I might have it backwards. It looks like a budget MTR, but it's in a sticky. Um, yeah. You're right. Baja, yeah, it's a Baja, Baja boss. boss. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at those for the next set because if I'm going to keep going out to like AOP and the areas around here, I feel like the stickies are going to be a cool play eventually. Yeah, yeah for the, sure. They, they, they make a huge difference. 
And like you guys were just talking about with the market, it's wild what people are paying for tires right now used. I don't understand Yeah. it. And You I can got buy a Supreme new. deal on my USDs and I, I mean, to, you can't even buy them still to my knowledge. And I'd say whenever they finally do come back on the market, you're probably going to be looking north of $4,500 for a set. Yeah. If I were to guess. I believe it. But like down here, I was looking at a set of reds and they're three quarters clapped and the guy wants 1500 A Mm, he can set fuck of, straight off. yeah, a set of newer 37 nittos got posted for like 16 and the listing's already down. Yeah. So something to think about for me down the road. I'm too much of an idiot to run reds. There's no, uh, that just wouldn't, it wouldn't work with me. I like the idea of them. I think they're great tires, but I, I, I couldn't run them. Reds in New England do a lot of work, especially bald. For some reason, as they get more worn down, they do better. It's all about that contact patch, yo. And there's Yep. there's no tread. There's all contact. It's perfect. Yeah, it's all the contact. Whenever you don't have to paddle your way through mud, then <laughs> contact patch matters. True. Maybe that's why the USDs work so well when you got the RPMs going, because it's just spinning the paddles and getting those contact points Yeah, back on the ground. getting them clean. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah, even they, got to they really you even do got to shine clean those when tires it's wet. out, dude. No, You got to clean they those clean tires. themselves. Sticks. They really don't. <laughs> I have I have That's pictures on my phone of them like caked in mud, and you still see the lugs still poking out of them. Like there's, you can you can cake cake them up, and there there's still lugs sticking out of them. crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I like the I like the USDs just for their appearance only. Just because Like they're gnarly as fuck, dude. you you put a USD on a on a damn on a Jeep on tons and they look fucking badass. I mean, they look great. It's an Yeah, awesome looking tire. They they do do work though. I mean, we're I'm not trying to try to say anything negative about them. They do work. And Bradley's a good example of that because You know, he went from the the forty three uh, uh, swampers to those, and his Jeep. He's not. What was it you said at one time? You put it in gear, and you can actually just go, and it doesn't instantly spin. yeah, that's You know, very so I mean, true. there's a big difference. You know, in just whether whether you stop to help somebody, and you may have been on a slick rock. When you're on a DOT tire and you put it in gear, and all of a sudden you're like, damn, it's spinning, and you got to back up and bump it or something. Where now, when you're running a non-DOT, you just put it in gear and just go. Yeah. That's what Yeah, I do don't all I don't day. beat on my junk. I don't beat on my junk nearly as hard as I used to. You look at me, let's see, I guess six months ago, I was glowing the headers, acting a fool on 41. I mean, I had plenty of sodas at that point, but I had plenty of sodas at the meet and beat, and I was not having to beat on it the way I was on 41 that night. I mean, it was... It was unreal. I mean, the difference is unreal. Damn. On Saturday, Well, oh, sorry. go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. On Saturday, I went up to AOP, and we'll probably talk about it on another episode, but it was just constant backup, bump it, hit it in second gear, clutch dump it everywhere. It was a good time, but yeah, it'd be nice to put it in gear and have it just go up the hill. Yeah. Yeah, that was dry. Y'all were there when it was dry.
No, yeah. Huh? I was there when it was wet. Oh, were you? Yeah, that's a damn yeah. shit show. It was a damn shit show. Um, yeah, it's it's horrible when it's wet. I mean, not not only what we went to uh, Trail Fest uh, years ago, Bradley, and we ended up nicknaming it Mud Fest because it was so fucking bad. Yeah, it's bad. The rock, the rocks, and the mud would get caked up in the fenders to where when you start hitting bump stops and stuff, the rocks are scraping your inner fenders because it was so caked up so bad. So oh. that place, when it when it rains, it's it's nasty. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm going to save it for another episode, but all I'm going to say is I got 20 feet into the trails and the illusions of taking it easy vanished and it was just, nope. a <laughs> yep. yep. That, that gone, that gone. You forget about that. That's yep. <laughs> that park. Whenever it rains, it is, it is beat down central. That is the only thing you you have to know how to do is, is where to put your right foot. That is it. Pretty much You're not wrong about that. I've got one the final. Thing, oh, sorry. The thing, the thing is, is too, is most of the time there, there's just zero traction. You really won't break much of anything. You'll just slide everywhere. <laughs> you should. You, there's not, there's not enough traction to break shafts whenever it's that wet. And you just go up there and you just have to keep it in your mind. It's like foot on the floor and just go for it. Yep. That's the only way you'll make it up anything. The cool part I will say about that park is. In my very limited experience, when it is wet, you can put your foot on the clutch if it is not going, and you're not falling back stupidly far. You can go, like, just gently hit the brake, and you're going to slide into something that will stop you and hit it again. Yeah, that's true. There's usually piles of rocks everywhere that keep you from rolling back super far. Exactly. That's what screwed you up at AOP on 41, Bradley. You rolled back into a rock. Yeah, it was what happened. I I didn't press the clutch, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all righty. I think we're kind of slowing it down. We started this one late, so we're all a little tired. But, uh, Bart, what's your social media? Where can people follow you? What's your shop name? You know, got to give that a quick shout out. Tell us, you know, where people can find you. My Instagram is uh, shit. I forgot. Home address: Prater's T N underscore Z J. Yeah, Prater underscore T N Z J on Instagram and uh, social media or Facebook is just uh, Bart Prater. And uh, shop is uh, Prater's Automotive Repair. That's in Madonna, Tennessee. And uh, I'm usually very slow to respond to stuff just because I'm always busy, but. You give me a shout but out. But if you ever if you ever need a deal on some some gears or axles or anything like that, hit them up. Yeah, I definitely uh, I definitely hook people up with uh, my contacts through uh, different suppliers, Yukon and stuff like that. Uh, East Coast Gear Supply. So if y'all need some hookup on gears, lockers, and things, actual shafts, U joints, whatever, uh, definitely uh, hit me up on it. We'll be talking after the podcast. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I'll uh, I can uh, definitely get you some stuff at some wholesale pricing and things like that. So, yeah, um, <laughs> and the wholesale is not to everybody. Just to clarify, the the listeners may oh, not get the wholesale. To clarify, <laughs> no, there, there's there, there's definitely markup on stuff, and uh, with, with people that that I'm in uh, close contact with, uh, definitely get the the real good hookup. 
uh, I'll definitely drop ship some stuff. You give me your address and stuff like that. We can make some stuff happen. But uh, I, I definitely wasn't trying to get on here and uh, and promote a business or anything. But uh, oh, no, no, that's hey, you're here for it, man. You you came on, you gave allowed us to have a nice show, nice episode. So we figured we can give you some back for sure. So yeah, so, and I, my my more more than likely, I just help and want to support people in the Jeep community to build their rigs, to do something better, to to grow their their product, whatever it is. So. You know, it, it, it's nothing that uh, I wouldn't do for, for anyone else. So if I can help out people, uh, and I've helped out a lot of people, whether it's uh, Mississippi Rock Crawlers or even uh, 45 South, which is uh, a Jeep community here in, in Tennessee, I help out people, you know, and uh, I'm not I'm not trying to do it to, to get rich on it. I just do it to help people out because I love the sport of rock crawling. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, oh, so yeah. Prater's Automotive Repair in Medina, Tennessee, 731-462-7004. Oh, my goodness. There we go. Hell yeah, <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Got to be on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys very much for coming on. I absolutely appreciate it, and we all appreciate it very, very much. Um, and again, for all the people listening, go check out their Instagrams. Brad, what's yours? Might as well throw it out there. Yeah, it's just pork underscore Porkchop underscore XJ, or you can find me on Facebook at Brad Prater. Well, go go give those guys some love. Show us some love, too. We've been slacking on our Instagram posts, and we do apologize that our podcasts have been going out pretty late. We suck ass at this. You know, we're trying our best, but hopefully we get better one day. And uh, Richie, you know, let's let's close it out, buddy. What you got? All right, real, real quick. Oh, yeah. I wish I had more time to will with y'all when we were out there at AOP. Next time, I got to get with y'all more because I, I didn't get I didn't get that much ride time with y'all. We didn't I enjoyed hanging out with y'all tonight. In general, well, honestly. I, we... I think that some of y'all had some breakage and, and we had show ninjas and stuff, but uh, I, I enjoyed <laughs> meeting y'all. <laughs> we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Labor Day weekend, no Roush Creek. Come, come to the Web Wheelers Ball. It's something that... Uh, we don't we don't really host it. It was a thing of just like some friends like getting together, but somehow the blue it's collar group event. kind of it's not an event. I mean, it's, it's a... kind of slowly turned into an event. To be fair, it's, but it's not an event. It it's just a it's a meetup. <laughs> That's the best you can call it. Sounds uh, like an event to me. I don't know. Uh, we the the meet and greet wasn't was an event then. That's what you're saying. It was a meetup. They had like a wrote. raffle and shit and hot dogs and burgers. We don't even go that far. You're lucky if you get a granola well bar together. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee that we'll have beer for you. But that's about it. <laughs> tippy cow. Uh, don't forget the tippy cow. Yeah, tippy cow. I'll bootleg some up there if I got to. I guess. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'd never heard of that till I got or talking with you guys and then down here. So definitely going to have to bootleg some of that up. <laughs> we appreciate yeah, that. So <laughs> Richie, give us the closing out. What you got, buddy? Oh, caught him red-handed, not even talking. He's asleep. Anyway, <laughs> he's asleep. Well, <laughs> Fuck, I got nothing. I was, I was thinking of something. All right, I got it. Check your welds. Make sure your cross members are going to fall off your shit because <laughs> it can possibly ruin your weekend. It didn't ruin mine. I still had a great weekend. Just ruined my night. But check your shit. Make sure your shit's ready to go. That's all so, I got. And keep so your keep trail your ninja tippy cow. on a fucking leash. I was going to yeah, say, keep, keep your, your tippy cow. Keep your trail ninja strapped in your junk. <laughs> because... <laughs>
he might he might go ninjetting through the through the woods before you know it. I'm showing up in a balaclava next time we go. Moving. Oh man.